Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 31, the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, and MBG with me this week. We're back after a one-week hiatus, so we got a lot to talk about this week. Thought we would start off with a little college baseball. Regionals just wrapped up last week. We have Super Regionals kicking off on Friday. Casey, I know you're a big Clemson baseball guy. Are you emotionally prepared to give me your thoughts on on the regionals yet (laughs) yeah i mean i think uh it's that old old tale of don't let one loss beat you twice but uh probably the probably the best and i'm biased it was it wasn't the best for me but obviously the best probably the best game of the regional was that second game game three or game four i guess it was of the regional between tennessee and clemson that went 14 innings. Clemson blew a two-run lead with two outs and two strikes and gave up a three-run home run, went down, then tied it up in the bottom of the ninth, only to have bases loaded, nobody out in the bottom of the tenth. Couldn't score a run from that moment on. I could have told you that they were going to lose the next day as well. It was rough, but you know what? For for Clemson fans and Clemson people, if they're telling you it was a bad year or a down year, they're lying because – first year coach really really hottest team in baseball absolutely were ran into three arms that were thrown at 98 96 to 98 sitting 96 and badass sliders so yeah rough end to the year you don't want to lose your own regional which is becoming commonplace for Clemson but I love college baseball it was a really good game if I could kind of step back and be a real fan that was a fantastic game to watch and unfortunately my team lost it but and lost again the next day. But yeah, I'm excited now that I don't have my butterflies having butterflies. I'm excited for this weekend. And I know we got a couple of you in here that are, have some some rooting interests. So I'm excited to watch those games this weekend with you. Yeah, the Clemson, Tennessee was interesting because, and this is no slight towards you or Clemson, but it's not often where in many sports where the bulk of the fans are rooting for Clemson. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> so that was, that was at least uh, most people who I know were or at least rooting against Tennessee. So, yeah, yeah I, it's, I thought, it's a battle of the so, fan bases, right? Uh, yeah, you guys were so hot going into it. And you're right, that, that game into that game, which is kind of a killer. MBG, do you understand any of the terminology we're talking about right now? Uh, no, I don't know. I was just I dozed off there for a minute. I don't even know what you guys talking about hockey or lacrosse or what <laughs> just i'm just trying to make sure you're still dialed in all right so joy i know you got to be fired up about how your guys did yeah i'm pretty thrilled um sound like okay, it okay. <laughs> what'd you say casey you sound like it <laughs> i'm still emotionally coming off of a high but no i'm very thrilled i think our we're we finally figured out our bullpen issues. There were a lot of questions from our fan base, me included, about pitching our ace on the first game, and it ended up being an insanely smart move. So I'm done questioning him moving forward. They The bats woke up, and players came through when they needed to. So 
I'm excited. I love our draw for the Super Regional. I think we got yeah. pretty lucky with that one. So the road to Omaha is clear, and I'm hoping that we stay with our foot on the gas. And so I'm you guys excited. have Kentucky, right, in the Super? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good matchup for you guys. Is that at home? A great matchup. Huh? Alex Box at Alex yeah. Box Field. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and we already have we played them at Kentucky this year already. And Georgia hired our pitching coach. Praise the <laughs> Lord. Y'all can have him. I knew you'd be excited about that. I was thrilled. I'm not thrilled about the timing of the tweet and the news dropping, but it is what it is. All right. So MBG, did you follow any any of the regionals uh, last weekend, or were you just taking a little hiatus from sports? No, I know two things from the message boards. I know one – Tennessee is pissed that they didn't get to host the super regionals. <laughs> Apparently there was some anti sec bias going mm-hmm. on involved in that decision. Yeah. Which Happen. typically happens. And that Arkansas probably wants to fire their coach uh, because any mediocre coach could do the same thing that he could do. <laughs> That's what I learned. I don't know what any of it means, but. I don't know how wrong Arkansas fans are. Honestly, he chokes every year. The Tennessee thing, though, is hilarious. So that was there. I think there were both two seeds in their regions, and there were a lot of Tennessee fans. I, one in particular who said, "There's zero chance they have the super in Hattiesburg. Zero. And then, of course, it's in Hattiesburg. And they, I mean, even you know, we've got Tennessee fan friends who have just been going in like. I mean, it's like hourly. They're getting into scraps with people about this. So, yeah, it's been it's been super entertaining watching kind of the meltdown. And then, I mean, they're you know, I think they were going to try and use it as, I guess, motivation. Their fans are. I don't know that it does anything for their team, but that's actually one of the better supers, I think, is because uh, Southern Miss is pretty good. And they're Tennessee really good. Good. And that's yeah. the thing that I think some certain SEC's fan bases don't understand that there's actually sports outside of the SEC. It, it, there is. I, I said some. You're you're one of the better ones. But there are definitely like they just think because they're in the SEC that Tennessee automatically deserved to host, especially against that lowly CAA team from Southern Miss. That team's pretty daggone good. So we'll yeah. see this weekend. They're really good. I hate playing them. And their coach is retiring, so this is a swan song for him. This is pretty. It's exciting. actually kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a cool story. And you know, Tennessee is still smarting a little bit after they got knocked out in the supers last year, right? By like Notre Dame or somebody, and they they were, I think they were ranked number one a lot of the season last year. Most and uh, had definitely one of the cockier college baseball teams that I've seen play. Which not even a criticism. It's just that's how they played and. So I think, you know, they're, they definitely are back and hoping they go farther this year. We'll see what happens. Give us yours, Hoos. You got a team too. Yeah, man. So we uh, we had a great regional. We had to beat ECU twice. ECU is actually sneaky good and beat us in the regional last year. And we our pitching has been probably our biggest weakness, and we gave up five runs in three games in the regional. And so now we've got Duke, which is either going to be the greatest thing ever or – just miserable. I mean, it's, they actually beat us two out of three this year, but I think it was, we had a mini swoon probably halfway through the season. It was in the middle of that. So I feel pretty good. Beating them would be so much fun, but God, losing to Duke is just the worst. So I'm, I'm trying to prepare myself in both directions, but at Casey, I'm like you, man, I was following the games and 
I, for whatever reason this year, just way more butterflies than I usually have during college baseball, uh, the, the postseason. So I'm guessing that's only going to intensify. It got to the point where I couldn't have the game on for a couple innings. Like I, turned I did it that off. too. Yeah. I was followed on my phone. I've and never the, done that. And then the game cast stopped updating. It was making me crazy. So then I couldn't oh, watch a, it. I was in a chat and people were like, Oh, turn yeah. it on. I was like, turned it right back on, you know? <laughs> All right, so this is where we've we've been doing the MBG mailbag, but we thought we'd do a little bit of a detour this week uh, because MBG, you posted a very important Twitter poll this week asking your thousands of followers which show they preferred between The Office and Parks and Rec. And I know you were you were big on discussing that, so I don't know how you want to do this. You want to go around the horn? or Because I, I know just from our kind of pre-show discussions, we're going to – we're going to have some interesting takes here. <laughs> well, I, first off, I have to say, I first saw the idea on the Georgia message board. Someone posted the question. So I'm not going to take credit for coming up with the question. But when I saw it, I was like, I started thinking in my mind, which was better. And I couldn't make up my mind, which was better out of the office or Parks and Rec. So I was curious as to what people thought. Um, and when we were discussing it, I found out some very disappointing facts. <laughs> which I didn't know that people like this existed, but neither Casey nor Joy had ever seen an episode of either show, which makes me wonder if they, if they don't have TV or <laughs> like, I don't know how you live in this country for the last, what, 10, 15 years and never have seen an episode of The Office or Parks and Rec. But, you know, we have at least two people who have never seen either. So... Who's an I? You and I have seen them all, so we'll save our opinion for later. But I'm curious because we gave Joy and Casey an assignment to watch some. So yeah, and Richie gave out homework. <laughs> so based on what I know was a lot of research, and I know both of you took a lot of time to watch a lot of episodes. From what you saw, Joy, which was the better which was the better one, Office or Parks and Rec? If I am gonna not lie on this podcast, I have to say the office. And that's because I got through 10 minutes of the office and no minutes of parks and rec. So <laughs> I'm going to go with that one. Honestly, I felt like my IQ was severely dropping and I can't afford to lose any more IQ points. So I had to stop. I, I just couldn't do it. It's just not my, it's not my kind of thing. It's just not my kind of show. I just want to point out that we started the show a couple minutes late. <laughs> I knew was watching the end of Vanderpump Rules reunion, and she's saying that the office was making her IQ drop. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> at least Vanderpump Rules. I'll learn how to not be a crappy human being. Mm. I, Casey, I suppose. Did, did you do your homework? <laughs> I did do my homework, except I couldn't find any full episodes that I didn't have to pay for and you know my, my wife's not here this week to to approve or authorize the purchases of TV so I went to the YouTube variety and the first the thing YouTube. I clicked on was Parks and Rec cold opens best cold opens and it was nine minutes of the I guess before they do the run the opening credits and it was brilliant to the point where I need to start watching that show and I'm going to pay the dollar 99 to watch without my wife's permission. That's right. <laughs> but if she's listening to this, I'm just kidding, honey. 
Oh, so we got we got one vote office, one vote parks and rec. Very invested watchers. I didn't get to see much of the office, so I only did half. My dog ate the other. My cell phone. (laughs) All right, so MBG, what do you have here out of these two shows? I'm not sure I can make a call because, like the last few episodes, the last few seasons of The Office are terrible. But the first season of Parks and Rec was pretty bad too. At their at their height, I would probably have to say The Office was a little bit better, but I think there are more better characters in Parks and Rec. I think. I don't know. What definitely, do you think there's definitely more good, funny characters in Parks and Rec. I mean, it's a. I feel like it's a bigger main cast, and then some of the characters, like recurring characters. The recurring characters on Parks and Rec outside the main cast definitely are better than The Office. Like um, my boy John Ralphio? Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> your favorite TV character of all time, right? I love John Ralphio. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. I love Parks and Rec. The last couple of seasons of The Office were a little, little weak. I, I do love James Spader just because I look like old, fat James Spader a little bit. So kind of partial oh. to him. And listen, I love Parks and Rec, but I think peak office clears Parks and Rec. I mean, they're, I I personally love socially awkward, uncomfortable situations. So that show's right in my wheelhouse. That's that's exactly what that show's premise is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I like most people kind of cringe, like, oh my God, I want to look away. And I'm like, I just lean into it because that's, I don't know. I love stuff like that. Well, the poll results support your opinion it was 6931 in favor of the office but then i ran the second poll which was better character out of ron swanson and michael scott which was a much tighter race what's your votes there i joy probably doesn't even know who either of those people are so Um, i do oh you do well then tell us who's your favorite ron swanson or michael scott ron swanson why what do you like so much about Ron Swanson? I just think he's funnier. Yeah. When he pulled his tooth out in the meeting, that was that was like fall on the ground funny. I just hated and Michael Scott, so I just went with Ron Swanson. My whole mouth hurt because I've had some teeth issues in my past, but man, that was funny. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, well, that was what, like 52% to 48, something like that? Yeah, it was 52 48 for Michael Scott. I would go with Ron Swanson, I think. I think, yeah. I mean, I love Ron Swanson. I, Michael Scott, to me, after season one, season one was a little weird. I don't think they had the tone right in season one because he wasn't likable the first season, I didn't think. But after that season, I, Michael Scott's, I think, the best character on any television comedy that i've seen i just uh, again because he's so awkward and uncomfortable and i I just that's somebody i'd want to be around every single day (laughs) Uh, either way you can't go wrong with either choice casey and joy hopefully one day you'll come around and join the rest of america we'll check back in when we do joy's literally shaking her head no as as mbg is saying (laughs) I'm too busy watching um, postseason baseball. All right. (laughs) All right. So that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate player, coach, team, conference, mascot, someone who did something particularly ridiculous in the last week, put to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, 
which was uh, two weeks ago. My nominee, UGA Football, got 41% of the vote, followed by Joy's nominee of South Carolina fans with 29%, and MBG's nominee, Utah fans, got 23%. So now I'm in the lead with six wins. Casey's got five. Joy has four, and MBG is still looking for that elusive first win, man. So maybe that maybe that week off is going to recharge you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not overly optimistic here. <laughs> All right, Casey, who are you going with this week? This week, I switched it up on you guys. I think earlier in the week, I said I was going to go with Tennessee baseball fan, but I'm actually going to go with Justin Falsinelli. Oh, man, I'm going with a Cle former Clemson offensive lineman is my genius of the week. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but EA Sports is bringing out the college football game again this year, and they're going to pay $500 to all college athletes that want to opt in for their name, image, and likeness to be in the, in, in the game. Now, big-time fans like myself probably 10 years ago is when I was really playing those video games, and I was single. I don't know if those things match up or whatever. But anyway, I've been, I've been looking forward to finding something to play NCAA football again. And this guy, Justin Falsinelli, is telling everybody that $500 is not enough. Now, if you did the math and he paid every college football player $500, it's something in the neighborhood of $6,650,000. EA Sports is probably going to make significantly more than that, but that's a hefty check to stroke. So for that fact, Justin Falsinelli, stop getting in the way of this video game being made. You are my genius of the week. People are so salty about that game possibly not coming out on time, man. And I'm like, why is it Clemson, a former Clemson guy, got to be involved? Like, more bad press for Clemson. And here I am using him as my genius of the week. All right, Joy, who are you going with? My genius of the week is Scotty Pippen. He came out last week and said that Michael Jordan was a horrible player before he joined Scotty and the Bulls, and then all of a sudden he just became this miraculous athlete. And I just, I don't really know that this needs much explanation. I feel like he's just really bitter and mad that his ex-wife is now dating Michael Jordan's son. He doesn't like the way that he was portrayed in The Last Dance, and he just looks bitter and angry. And you know, he's really just at some point got to get over it. Like he's got enough championships, just go home and be happy. So Scotty Pippen is my genius of the week. Yeah, that was a weird take. Like, I'm not a Jordan stan by any means, but that guy was un I mean, unstoppable from the time he entered the NBA. So, I mean, I could see saying, yeah, he couldn't win a title until he teamed up with me and, you know, some of these other guys. But he said he literally said he was awful, right, or terrible or whatever. Hor he said he was a horrible player. Horrible player. A, bad, a, horrible a horrible player, a bad shooter. Yeah, like, I mean, shut up. Yeah, shot like fifty-five percent from the field. I think his, yeah, his first yeah, couple. He years, wasn't but. that bad, I don't think. Yeah, terrible seems like a bit of a stretch. A little bit, a little bit of hyperbole. All right, MBG, who's the winner? I figure since I'm, it's likely that I'm not going to win. I might as well go down swinging. And so, my geniuses of the week are LSU fans, Joy, <laughs> particularly. <laughs> Particularly a couple of old LSU fans. So there's a couple of posts. 
apparently they were upset by um, some happenings in that baseball tournament you guys were talking about. <laughs> and we got one guy whose name is the TN Tigerman. He says, why don't they stop those fruity acts after a double? They're not girls, and the baseball diamond is not a disco. Ty Cobb would have introduced his spikes to a perpetrator's face in his time. So apparently this old guy doesn't like that they do dances uh, after they hit a double. I don't know. And then there was one other LSU fan called Tim McBaugh. And he says that he's concerned about vis visible tattoos affecting the future of their boys. Lots of flashy arm tattoos on the ball field this year. Fun in the moment, but my concern is how will our boys hold down a normal job after their baseball career is done? Hope they are getting good life advice, in quotations, from the coaching staff. So we got a couple of olds down in Baton Rouge who are upset at players dancing. And one, he's not so much upset at tattoos, but he's extremely concerned about the future um, employability of some of these baseball players with their arm sleeves. So invoking the name of noted racist and piece <laughs> of human being Tykoff to make your points is an interesting strategy. Yeah. And every team has a little different dance once they do a double. Like it's kind of baseball's starting to get fun and, yeah. and it's started at the top with major league baseball and college is having fun. I mean, they're having fun. The kid from Clemson got thrown out for chirping the other day. They were chirping at each other. I mean, they, they, you know, like that's kind of fun. It keeps anyway. So it's all fun and game until an, an umpire inserts himself when he should. Right. You but guys are almost talking me into watching this thing. We do a whole thing where, where they pull up, they pull the rug and everybody in the dugout leans forward. Like it's a cute little thing. It's fun. It gets them hyped up. It's cool. You know, like they're not dancing. It's a get, get hyped up thing, man. Let the kids have fun. Come on. Yeah, buddy, duddy. Yeah. I played that, or uh, showed Casey and MBG, that video of my buddy, Steve's daughter hitting that home run in the regional championship. And I think I posted that in the chat, right? Where she, is running down yeah. the line and does a little bat flip and screams, let's go. I mean, that's like, I watched that thing like 12 times. It's just, it's fun. It's pure. It's yeah. pure. Yeah. I, mean, I went to the college world series in 2009. I think it was, it was just, you saw the true emotion and, and now it's getting even more fun in the motion. Like college baseball rocks. Tell these guys to kick sand. <laughs> you, you guys have almost convinced me to watch this tournament. I probably won't. Yeah, the rules got first. me on the edge. Yeah. Well, MBG, you just coached uh, your uh, ten and under team, right? Oh. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. I just talk <laughs> them kids out there. Tell them to swing that stick. <laughs> Hit that ball. <laughs> Run. All right. So for my genius of the week, I'm I'm going down to uh, Durham for our good friend Zion Williamson. Zion had a <laughs> He had a uh, he had a banner day today. He announced that he's expecting a child with his Instagram model, I guess, girlfriend, and his porn star side piece, Mariah Mills, just put him on blast on Twitter. A whole lot of stuff that I can't read on this family friendly show, <laughs> but basically, or Mariah Mills, I guess, Mills accused Zion of getting some random thought pregnant and then publicly informs Zion that he'd better pray she's not pregnant too because she's definitely late. The kind of laundry you like to see aired out in, in public, especially anytime you're a public figure. 
the whole thing it, to me, it had the feel of an old school Jerry Springer episode, which was, was kind of nice. And she was not holding back. I mean, she just, she continued to go in. She's like eight tweets deep the last time I checked. And, you know, I, I think I've been out of the dating world for decades, but if you saw her communications with Zion, they were solely through Snapchat. I'm pretty sure if you only communicate with your boyfriend through Snapchat, by definition, you are the side piece. So if I'm 54 and I know that, then Mariah Mills should be able to figure that out. One of the co-hosts on this show has been doing a really nice job on TikTok with the red flag videos. <laughs> this had red flag written all over it. All over it. I mean, he's in the NBA. That's a red flag, number one. <laughs> Who's would say that he went to Duke, so that's red flag number two. That's actually number one, but I'll, I'll, we should do that one A and one B. Let me, like, I'm trying to give you props. Okay. Just let me. I'm saying for her, that was a red, a red flag for Zion. Like, you got to run, buddy. She saw green how, money. That's all she cared about. I don't care how cute her hind end is. I'll bet those tweets went in back, though. I'll bet he sees those tweets and be like, hey, you know what? Well, apparently she's <laughs> going. I just looked. She's still going. She's still, I can't wait to read them. That's what I'm going to fall asleep to tonight. He's apparently being threatened by baby mama's family. They're all in Atlanta, too. I need to find out where. I'm going to go. Oh, is that right? Joy, you need to be our correspondent on the ground. Live on on action. Mariah Mills takes down whatever her name is. So my favorite one was there was a message purportedly from him to her saying something like, yeah, I'm excited for you to move here. I'm just wondering how much money uh, how much money per month are you expecting or something like that and then I'm super excited like at the end. <laughs> like, yeah it's uh you knew it's what you're getting into there boss love. yep true love what's it gonna cost me a month <laughs> all right before we get to the posts this week we want to give a quick shout out to CFB home for sponsoring the MBG podcast you can find them on Twitter at CFB home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a cross-promotion with the Sickos Committee podcast, which I have subscribed to, listened to a bunch of times. They had a new show drop yesterday, which included some classic Sickos content, including the college baseball thing that definitely isn't the College World Series yet, the 2000 Oregon State Beavers, Duke's Mayo and Pop-Tarts, this week's scheduling drops, Red Sauce versus Green Sauce, and much more. So give them a listen. All right, MBG, what do you have lined up for us this week? Well, my first one to set this up, Casey Clemson's had a nice week recruiting-wise. Uh, they've been killing it. I think people kind of left Davo for dead, and he's had a pretty good week, which caught the attention of your friends there in South Carolina. The Gamecock fans seem to be a little bit concerned about Clemson's uh, resurgence in recruiting. And that prompted this post, hot off the presses, too, from this afternoon, from the big spur, um, from IM4USC. And he says this about Dabo and Clemson's coaching staff. I truly believe that when it comes to a decision such as where a young person will spend the next four or five years of their life getting a college education and playing sports, that God would never try to influence that young person's decision. Every impressionable young man who goes public when they commit to Clemson and claims that God told them to go there is simply repeating what 
what Reverend Dabo and the rest of that scum up there tells them to say in order to make that sewer of a school look like some holy place blessed by God's presence. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I pity every one of those scumbag coaches, especially Dabo. When the day comes that they stand before God on the day of judgment, I truly believe on that day, every one of them will be cast into hell for eternity for using Christianity and religion as recruiting tools. So Casey, Dabo's going straight to hell? Hey, if it gets us W's, you know. <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> does, you know Clemson, does Clemson sell religion that bad? Or is Dabo just a religious guy? who that's just who he is and he wears it on his sleeve when he recruits he wears it on his sleeve 90 percent of the kids that come through are already there if you know are already religious they're already thanking god will shipley thanks god every time he gets interviewed dj uyunglele used to thank god every time he got interviewed so i i don't think it's a Dabo thing but yeah Dabo is who Dabo is and he's he's loved by the by our fan base and hated by outside fan bases because of it you know but yeah i'm sure i'm sure it comes up somewhat but no i mean there's no church there um but praise be to Dabo. <laughs> so the the premise here this guy is pissed off at the idea that god would care about what's going on with college football right so i i i found an interesting quote you guys will be very surprised to learn i did some research Shane Beamer was hired by South Carolina in December of 2020. When he was hired, he said, quote, I'm a man of faith and I know God has a plan. There's a reason I didn't get other jobs and I'm glad I didn't. So basically Beamer is saying that God led him to South Carolina. Don't you <laughs> dare compare the two. Yeah. Don't you know what we, what we should have done is you should have read that quote and had us guess whether that came from Dabo <laughs> or Dima. It's funny what a quick Twitter search will turn up, you know? I just want to tell him everything that's wrong, like theologically, as a pastor's daughter with his post. I would like, I just want to encourage him, like, if he's going to Bible bash, he might want to actually know what the Bible says before he, like, calls people out. Um, also, I got the distinct pleasure of meeting um, Garrett Riley and Taj Boyd the other day, and neither one of them tried to shove Jesus down my face. What? And they had multiple recruits with them. So well, I'm you're just not going to Clemson. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> they were at the SO Club, in case you're wondering. I was eating there, and so were they. We're yeah, and I think, I think there, it's a little bit of sour grapes. I don't know if you believe this or not, but. South Carolina has a really good recruiting class coming in for 2024 and they've had some really good verbal commits and they're kind of going into that DMV area by you who's and getting some really good guys. And they battled all the way up to the top 10 of early recruiting. And it only took two recruits now three recruits for Clemson to jump above them. So I think there's a little bit of sour grapes and that was just in the past two days with two five stars and a four star. So God's NIL working magic, you know, God's NIL. This guy really hates Clemson, by the way. Like, I don't, I, <laughs> you don't see this kind of bitterness that maybe you do in the SEC. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't get this level of bitterness very often. I've spent ACC. quality time in both Columbia and Clemson. Some would say probably I should be a doctor with as much time as I spent in Clemson, but 
I don't know. I like the country more than the city. Yeah. So I wouldn't call it a sewer. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's not like Columbia is this pinnacle of beauty and grace. No, I'll I take a picture of from my hotel room this week. I'll be there all week in Columbia, so you come find me too. I'll take a picture of my view. It's it's yeah, breathtaking. I'll take Clemson any day of the week. Well, I would say that almost I guarantee almost any coach in the South um, uses what he needs to use to recruit, and I'm sure with most parents that includes uh, bringing a religious aspect into the recruiting. So Even no way. I don't think Dabo's all by himself. It's not just the guys from Liberty or BYU or or Baylor or SMU that are using religion. I'm sure all the coaches in the South use it. So keep going, Dabo. Fight on for Christianity. All right. So we'll stay in the SEC. There was a post on the SEC rant. We talked about the Manning family a while back. Well, We've got this new post on Eli Manning on the SEC rant. This is from an <laughs> old Miss fan called Billy Dick Move. And Mr. Dick Move uh, thinks that Eli Manning is the greatest player in SEC history. He says this, two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback as well as two-time Super Bowl MVP. Peyton can't say that, and former SEC player Bart Starr only equaled it Back when they didn't let black guys play, doesn't count. Peyton just hangs his head at the Manning family dinners. Bo Jackson didn't sniff a Super Bowl. John Hanna, big fat guy, zero Super Bowls, ate a bunch of fried chicken and donuts. So greatest SEC player in history is Eli Manning. Agree? I know Joy agrees, so we don't. I mean, there are. There are a bunch of names that are from back in our era, maybe even a little bit before. But, I mean, Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Ozzie Newsome, Emmett Smith, Ken Stabler. I mean, that's, you know, that's back in the day. And then, what, Stafford, Julio Jones, Fletcher Cox. There's a bunch of guys. And, and my favorite thing is, do you know what category, the only category Eli ever led the NFL in? He did it three times. I know it was rushing yards. It was interceptions, yeah. <laughs> that was a gift. But I, so, I, I know that also, marijuana yeah. is becoming legal in a lot of states, but how much <laughs> marijuana do you think Billy Dick moves uh, put it put in his system before he posted this? <laughs> it's Mr. Dick move to you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I found somewhat surprising is because I was trying to find, okay, well, there's got to be some guys from the SEC who have won – more Super Bowls than Eli Manning. And the only other quarterback that's even won two was Bart Starr. And um, this guy's wrong. There were African-Americans playing in the NFL when Bart Starr played. So, Yeah, that was um, a weird. <laughs> it was Bart Starr. And then you've got Peyton, who only won one, and um, Joe Namath, um, who won one. But there weren't a lot of SEC guys who have won – a lot of Super Bowl uh, rings. I couldn't find many who had won two. But what I found interesting was the top six, the top six schools, um, how do I say this, top five college football teams that have had players making Super Bowl appearances, not one SEC school is in the top five. It's Miami, USC, Penn State, UCLA, Michigan, 
than Notre Dame. UCLA is super surprising, right? That's yeah. got to be a lot of a lot of the old school, like Troy. years ago, Super Bowls. Yeah, Troy. yeah, Aikman's a bunch of them. Surprisingly, a lot of the guys who have won the most, besides obviously Tom Brady has the most, a lot of them were um, from HBCUs. Like Doug Williams, right? Yeah, I don't have the list in front of me, but there were a lot. Surprisingly, Shannon Sharp. From H- HBCUs. Jerry Rice. Won. Yeah, that uh, won multiple Super Bowls. So I found that interesting. So he might not be far off if, you're, if your criteria is number of Super Bowl rings. Um, I I don't think anybody could with a straight face say that Eli was better than Peyton, but oh yeah, can't Here's spell a, elite without Eli. <laughs> Here are some That's guys, by the way, just some more research for you. Some other guys uh, yeah, say that again. who had the same number of Pro Bowls as uh, Eli. These are all guys we think of as all-time greats. I think uh, Kirk Cousins has four Pro Bowls. Jeff Garcia and Derek Carr. So yeah, that's. That's the tier. I mean, that's around the tier I would put Eli on, frankly. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, Billy Dick move. Um, <laughs> that's the best part of that post, by the way. Yeah. That's, <laughs> an, elite, that's an elite uh, message board name. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, let's stay in the South. Uh, we'll leave the SEC. We'll go to Florida State. This was a funny post. You know, Joy, your boys at LSU showed off that they had some air-conditioned helmets. And there was – I knew as soon as that post came out that there were going to be either replies to the tweet or some message board fodder saying that these kids are soft because mm-hmm. they've, got, uh, they've got AC in their helmet. Well, I essentially found that post that I knew was coming. This was on um, the Florida State board on War Chant. A guy named – Fisher Wilcox Taggart Survivor. And he said, AC ruined the state of Florida, allowing millions of Northerners to come down here, completely overran the place. AC helmets will also create soft football players who melt in game conditions. So I think every FSU opponent should use them. So the part of this post that jumped out to me was the fact that he believes that air conditioning has ruined the state of Florida. Of all the things that Florida's got going on, <laughs> air conditioning seems to be the least of their issues. I don't know. This is brilliant. You think? The AC and the helmet? Yeah. I mean, Baton Rouge is what, 50 feet above sea level? I mean, it, it's like swampy in there at night. I'm sure that that's a, that's a great thing. I don't know. But do you think there'll be an uptick in any like colds, like seasonal allergies or colds or something because their heads are going to be, because they'll be sweating and then they'll have that AC pouring on them? That was my favorite response that I saw. Like I went through to see if we would get all the ones we expected. And, you know, they got, when I played water breaks were a sign of weakness, you know, I used to play this game, but now it's soft. Our coach used to run us until we puked. And then one guy just said, they're going to get COVID, which I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> that one killed me for some reason. <laughs> well, Look, I someone mean, had to be the school to introduce AC helmets. It's just going to be us. It was only a matter of time. And on, I mean, honestly, every here's what's funny is that it's not exactly like cool weather in Florida all the time. 
Like Florida State's over here acting like when they get the technology, they will immediately put it into play. They're all going to get the technology. Everyone's going to get all it. Gonna as use soon it. as that video got posted, thousands of college athletes were like, when are we getting these? We want these. Like, it's just, I'm sure LSU, LSU. I promise you won't be the only team that has them either. I'm sure so, their athletic like, department and their equipment department was fielding a ton of calls that day, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm and sure. it's not air conditioning, right? It's like cold packs or something. Like some of these cold packs that stayed cold for a long time. Or does it actually Five hours, like- they said? Five hours, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like there's air, you know, like. No. <laughs> right. Circulating through your helmet. It's got copper wires in there. Right. Yeah, there's a motor in the back. Like right. You can't hear like the, the place because the air is going too loudly. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I want my guys wearing the old single bar face mask. I don't want no air conditioning. I want tough guys. <laughs> Look, well, you got to wear the single bar. To figure out if they're staying in the ACC, okay? <laughs> don't worry about AC. Figure out if you're staying in the ACC, okay? Like priority Priorities. You got to get the single bar so when your coach runs you and you puke, it's a lot easier to puke out of the single bar MBG exactly. than it is out of these fancy new face masks. You know, these kids are these kids are way too soft nowadays. <laughs> You're toughing them up. All right. So speaking of soft and trying to toughen up, there's a post on the USC <laughs> on the USC board. We're Can we just about take their... a moment for your transitions? Like, I think they go <laughs> like severely underappreciated. They're so well, they're great. fantastic. Yeah, they are really, really good. We're going to give you some props because you're not going to win Genius of the Week. So I was going to say, if only your Genius of the Week you know? nominees were as good as your transitions. Segways. Segway of the Week. Yeah. Well, we should start voting on that. I like that. Well, you're the only one that would ever win because you're the only one that really does segways. <laughs> That's the true, true genius of this program. <laughs> Says the man that still uses headphones that have a wire connected to them. But anyway. <laughs> he does sound good this week, though. He so. does. It's crisp and clear. All right, so let's get back on track here. So there's this post, right, from on the USC board, uh, trying to help them all get prepared for life in the Big Ten. And this guy's name is Beat the Irish. And he said... People should also prepare their digestive systems for away games. I don't think SC fans are going to be ready for the cheese intake this move will trigger. I mean, these people melt cheddar on Chinese food. Speaking of our friends in the up north, I think. Have you guys ever seen anyone melt cheddar cheese on Chinese food? What's the problem? I was going to say, I want to try it now. Little chicken with a little with a little cheddar, spicy cheddar. Throw some jalapenos all up in their sushi or something. I'm gonna say I've never really visited that area of the country, so I can't say that he's wrong. Do they eat cheese on everything up there or what? They put cheese on apple pie, I think. I've seen that's like Wisconsin, Minnesota, like that area, you know. I don't know about Chinese food. I will say that when I was a kid, my mom would put grated cheese in Jello. So I mean, Tell I guess I'm more. not on the top. What in the Utah? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean that was really the only weird uh, Parmesan. No, just like freaking cheddar cheese, just grated oh, out in like green Why Jello. Why do you say Parmesan like that? <laughs> I, when I think grated cheese, it's the Italian in me, you know. Well, just, grated. You know, take like a block of cheddar, just grate that, grate that in the in the green jello. Was it I mean, to make it, it 
healthier or just a garnish or I could see I like slicing up some chicken. At the time, I didn't from. think it was weird because it was just what we ate. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've not. I don't think I definitely have never had that. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it's never. Is there anything weird? That, is there anything weird that you guys grew up with other than MBG who, who had grated cheddar and his Jello? Oh, what? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like half of Louisiana like foods are weird. So. Yeah, that's a tough question for Louisiana. Yeah, I mean, we're just weirdos. You don't yeah. put cheese in the gumbo or what? Absolutely not. <laughs> Potato salad or nothing at all. I was, always thought it was weird that to put cream cheese on a cinnamon raisin bagel, yet it's delicious. Oh, I, yeah, I definitely do that. I like the idea that this dude, by the way, it's like he thinks you can't turn down the cheese-based <laughs> foods at the tailgates. <laughs> like someone... <laughs> posted a picture during the uh, UVA regional of uh, a foot long chili cheese dog. And the, the point of the picture, I think was, can you believe this is only $7? And I was just thinking I would literally have to eat that in the bathroom. If I was at a sporting <laughs> event, like, <laughs> there's, Could you there's no way. the idea of eating that, like the second inning and then sitting there for seven more, there's zero chance that would happen. <laughs> But what if it was a corn dog? Ooh. Corn dog I could probably do, but a foot long chili cheese dog, man. Oh. Well, right, but what about the skyline chili? That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah, I I've had skyline chili before and it did not end well. Again, another place you need to eat on the toilet. <laughs> I mean, just you're but yeah, you're just cutting up the middleman there if you just take it in the bathroom with you. Well, we've officially had that you, moment that I'm like, what am I doing here? We've got there. We've got there. <laughs> I think I'm going to open a restaurant that literally the chairs are just toilets. Just a toilet food restaurant. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Have Taco Bell mm. come in, you know? Am I alienating potential sponsors? <laughs> I just think it's a great theme. <laughs> or else you just gained us one. I don't know. <laughs> but to this guy's point i think usc fans are in for a bit of a culture shock heading up up to that area of the country oh, yeah the message board post yeah <laughs> sometimes i do forget what we were talking about that was a good example right there <laughs> all right so we'll finish it off here with one last post we'll stay in the big 10 and our friends from nebraska at husker online there was a poster named A.T. Elsker, and his, the title of his post was Late Night Thoughts. So you know it's going to be good because it's Late Night Thoughts. And this was actually posted at 4.07 a.m. Mm. So you know it's good. Um, you know it's well thought out. <laughs> and it's a little bit off the wall, but here we go, guys. Something I'd never thought of before. <laughs> he says... Helen Keller is a folktale, a, quote, feel-good story of if you put your mind to it, you can do it. However, if you're 100% deaf and blind at 10 months old, you are a potato. She, she never graduated college top of her class. She never flew a plane, etc. I can... I can honestly tell you, I had never given any thought to this before, nor have I heard this before. 
have you guys heard this theory before that <laughs> apparently Helen Keller either didn't exist or didn't do any of the things that she's credited with doing? There's not much. <laughs> I'm just picturing this guy. He goes to bed, he cuddles up next to his wife, you know, sitting there just thinking about the his life. And all of a sudden this pops into his head and now he can't sleep. So he just wakes up at four in the morning and he rushes to the message boards to say, I got it. No, he put some thought into this. Helen Keller fake. But I looked it up. Helen Keller died in like 1968. It's not like it's not like she died before there was any records. It's not like she died before. Had a like I was almost alive when she died. You exactly. know what I mean? Like it's not. Yeah, we're not talking about like 300 years ago. Yeah, she's not like some mythical creature that people debate right. about. Not like Sasquatch. Yeah, we're not talking Joan of Arc here. Like we have, he's like Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and Helen Keller. So you know, (laughs) I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories. You know, a lot of them are worthy of conspiracy theories, but Helen Keller, (laughs) it's not. I'm a diehard conspiracy theorist, and I've never heard this one. Meg, do you remember the truly tasteless jokes books that came out like in the? Late seventies, early eighties. No, but I remember hearing many Helen Keller jokes. So they, the this is how different the world is now. This is I remember. I'm pretty sure my parents or my mother bought me <laughs> one or more of these books, and they or I I remember they organized the book into different categories, and I won't read them all because it's a little problematic, but literally one of the joke categories was Helen Keller jokes. (laughs) (laughs) It was Helen Keller jokes, dead baby jokes, Polish jokes, handicap jokes. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) This is a best-selling book. And there were like three of them. Originally published in 1982. Yeah, a whole section of Helen. I still remember, like, one of them was how did Helen Keller burn her face? She answered the iron. Like I totally remember that joke <laughs> in that book. You can't. Yeah, can you imagine that coming out now? No. no. Well, if it was all a folk tale, then I suppose <laughs> that would be okay. <laughs> so that's how you keep from getting canceled. Is you just say, well, look, I mean, Helen Keller wasn't real, so I'm no big deal, right? It's a great hypothetical, right? Anyways. <laughs> I love that post because it was totally out of left field. Like, who even worries about whether Helen Keller was a folktale or not? I like Casey's thing where this guy was just tossing and turning in bed and was like, no, I, I got to get this out of my system. Okay, I can't sleep. <laughs> no, nah, hon. This one, this one needs to go to the message boards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers.